Welcome back to the best college football pick and pod in the land. We, as always, are coming to you from bellyupsports.com. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. And man, Alan, as we come into this Friday in mid-January, we're sitting here. What feels like to me now is it seems like weeks have passed since our national championship in college football, but it was really just earlier this week on Monday night with Georgia coming away with a 33-18 win over Alabama. What a showdown it was in an SEC rematch. Welcome back in. How are you, sir, coming off of the national championship? Hey, man, I'm, I'm great. I love going to bed at 1 o'clock on a Monday night. Like It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> but it was a really fun game. Honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect in regards to whether this would be an entertaining game or whether I would get some Bama and Georgia fatigue. And there was some of that up until the fourth quarter when things really got rolling. And that then it was a really fun game to watch and just be a fan of college football. It definitely was, man. This thing was kind of dull and slow in pieces early in the first half. I told my wife, Kristen, she was kind of complaining that the game was boring. I said, I I don't know quite about that. I said, yeah, we've had a bunch of field goals, but we've had some explosive plays, some big passes down the field. You know, George Pickens was getting in there early. Jameson Williams got his big reception where he went down with the injury, unfortunately, for Alabama. But there were some big pop plays. It was just the defenses were holding strong and were really keying in on the right things to be able to slow down these offenses. To me, man, it was exciting but subdued in the first half. But like you're talking about, there were really some fireworks. and It was really special in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Once things kind of got let loose, you know, they were filling each other out. And ultimately, I think it was Georgia's depth that both line of scrimmages that ended up, you know, being the biggest difference. They scored 20 points in the fourth quarter and that ended up being enough. It was a fun game. It was kind of like a a mid uh, or late 2000s kind of game. One of those tussles that the SEC where it's like, 15 to 12 for a majority of the game. (laughs) Very much so. Alan, as we do here on the blackout, we have to discuss the standings that we ended up with in our Pick'em contest because the main deal with this podcast is always we are handing out the opportunity for listeners, contestants to be able to get in, participate in college football Pick'em contests, win some prizes down the road, and picking Georgia was a big result for a lot of people coming away with prizes in our standings. Our winner was Jorge. He ended up with 560 points, 40 points above second place. He walked away with a prize pack from Manscaped, a Visa gift card, and a blackout t-shirt. He is living large off of his win. We had other contestants finishing out our top five, and second place was Spencer with 520 points. He got some of the same things as well as a pair of Yeats sunglasses. And then back in third through fifth, we had Harrison, Greg, and Christopher all coming away with Visa gift cards and blackout t-shirts. And Alan, we talked about it in our Pick'em Pod. 
going into the national championship, we said we didn't know how many ties we were going to see up in the standings, but they came into effect because we had Harrison and Greg technically tie for third, but because of tiebreakers, we put Harrison in third, Greg in fourth, and then the real kicker came in a tie for fifth between Christopher and Will. Christopher got the benefit with his tiebreaker. He finished with 511 points, as did Will, but Will ended up on the outside of our top five, coming away with no prizes, and that's how we've set this thing up. So as we talked about on the podcast, it's something that you have to pay attention to and a lesson to learn for heading into future contests here with the blackout. Yeah, well, I mean, you want to walk away with something, right? (laughs) And when it comes to getting in on those prizes, it's amazing how with this many people, with this many games, you still have ties. But it it happens, and I, I would venture to guess it will happen every single year. Those tiebreakers are important. They are very important, and I'm with you. We will have ties every single year, especially as we have more and more people join our Pick'em groups. For right now, I was a little concerned that we may not have very many. Not concerned, but I I wasn't guessing that we were going to have a lot this year simply because we had so many points to collect at the beginning of bowl season, but when there were six bowl games canceled out and a lot of those points came off the board, you know that's a lot of variable positions that go off the board for what kind of point totals can come out. So I think that actually increased our odds for having some of these ties. But man, it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun and something that uh, I'm looking forward to for years to come because I think we have a good thing going here on the best college football pick and pod in the land. And congratulations to the winners. That's saying something. All of those guys, I think, were in above 95th percentile for the bowl picks. And when you're that high, you're in great shape. We had a great group. Kudos to those guys. Absolutely. For Alan and me, where we finished up, I finished up in the top 10 in eighth place with 503 points. The key for me finishing in the top 10 was, of course, Georgia coming away with the win in the national championship as I had the Bulldogs picked at a value of an eight headed into the final game. Alan, you finished up in a tie for 20th. That is because you were on the Alabama Crimson Tide. And for a lot of that first half, man, it looked like things were going your way a little bit. But of course, the injury to Jamison Williams, I think had a big effect on the game. And uh, you ended up with a top 20 finish, not as high as you would have liked, but you had a lot of points staked on the national championship. Had Alabama come out on top, you certainly would have finished much higher up. Yeah, I think I calculated, I would have finished in the top 10, either 8th or ninth something like that. And, uh, you know, that's part of my strategy. I want as many points available for that last game so I can be flexible with it. It didn't pay off for me this year. It did last year as I kind of jumped into first place, but this year it didn't pay off as much, but I'm still sticking with that strategy. And yeah, as you mentioned, Jameson Williams going down was a really really big deal. You could see some of those guys that they were throwing in there just weren't quite ready for that stage, for that type of physicality. I mean, Bryce Young had a heck of a day. Uh, He had 369, which is just an incredible day, but it just wasn't enough down his top two guys that'll both be drafted really, really high. (laughs) Definitely. As you were watching this game, is it your opinion? Do you think we have a different result if Jamison Williams stays in the game? Yes. It is my opinion that this is a different result with it. Like I said, Georgia scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, seven of which was on that pick six. They were able to handle them physically, 
But some of the biggest problems for Bama is that they couldn't protect Bryce Young long enough for some of these guys to get open. I think it was quite an indictment that Cameron Law to was the leading receiver in the game <laughs> with, I think, Jamison Williams being next. You can't have a tight end being the leading receiver and expect a ton, you know, and I and, and know he had one very big play, but I mean, nonetheless, I think it's a different result, or at least this is a less than like a five point game. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that this is a very close game at the very, very least. I mean, we had a very close game for all intents and purposes. To me, though, I think I'm not totally convinced Alabama wins the game with Jamison Williams still in there, but I think it is certainly a possible outcome and maybe would have gone down. So I think it's still kind of a toss-up in my mind, but I think it did have a big, big impact on the game and allowing Georgia to be able to get those stops consistently on Alabama's offense. Like you said, you know, Bryce Young still had an awesome game. They still moved the ball down the field. They were just stopped once they got deep inside the red zone so many times. Credit to Georgia's defense for doing it but the injuries I think definitely had an impact on that yeah I think at some point Jameson Williams would have gotten free and put one in the end zone or at the very minimum caused so much distraction as a decoy that one of those other guys could have had an opportunity to actually make a play once he went down they were just able to smother those younger guys kudos to that defense they were able to really get after the quarterback I think maybe they had four sacks whereas in the SEC championship game they didn't have any yeah and so they were much more intent in this game to get after the quarterback they limited Brian Robinson on the ground he had 68 yards but I mean that's nothing to write home about but uh, I think the biggest thing ended up being along the lines of scrimmages both James Cook and Samir White ended up having more than, I think, 75 yards, close to 150 yards rushing, and that was enough to take care of business. Yeah, and you mentioned it a couple of times. I agree with you completely. A huge, huge factor on this game was simply Georgia being able to get pressure on Bryce Young because he may have thrown for a bunch of yards, but there were a lot of big stops by Georgia, especially getting sacks, getting pressure on Young, forcing him into some incomplete passes at the very least. And that was something that I was betting on. If you remember going back to the pick and pod, I talked about you know not having any sacks in the SEC championship game, Georgia coming forward and finding a way to get some pressure on Bryce Young. It was a huge factor in the game and something that enabled Georgia to be able to get a lot of those stops. Yeah, I did. Well, and one of the things, especially moving into you know that second and third quarter, it was just a big deal that Bryce Young's receivers just let him down. I remember Jalil Billingsley having a massive drop and some of those other young guys just couldn't quite hold on yep. in some big, big situations where Bryce Young dropped absolute dimes. And so that's kind of where I think somebody like Jameson Williams can make those plays or allow them to be open enough that they're not having to make a really contested catch. Yeah, and Bryce Young, like you mentioned, really let down because you mentioned already he had over 350 passing yards, but if it's not for a drop or two, he's well over 400 easily, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, a really fun game, national championship in the books, a big, big win for Kirby Smart's program, and uh, we'll be interesting to see how it leads into the 2022 season ahead of us. Alan, any thoughts on a general national championship pick for the 2022 season? Just giving giving the listeners a little bit of an idea, an inkling of what you're thinking about which teams are going to be on top starting out next season. 
unfortunately, I think the Bama fatigue continues. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to see them not winning. I mean, they're going to bring in some dudes, but I feel like Bama with Bryce Young under center has to be the favorite, right? Like, I don't see Clemson taking a massive step forward back into that area. I think they'll be better next year, but I mean, they won 10 games this year in a terrible ACC. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see anybody taking a giant step forward other than maybe Ohio State, as long as they can get their defensive stuff figured out. Because rumors are circulating that Harbaugh is going to be gone. He may jump to the NFL. And if he jumps to the NFL, then Michigan's not, I don't think, going to be there. So it feels like it's going to be an Ohio State-Bama battle, don't you think? Yeah, I think kind of in that territory. I mean, for me with Michigan, I don't really care if Jim Harbaugh is there or not. I mean, I, I think they lose too much on the defensive side of the ball. You yeah. know, just, you just talk about Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo on the defensive ends, and uh, then some of the offensive things they had going on this year. You know, they had a strong running game, but the passing game wasn't really that great. To me, I think there's still some questions with that program moving forward, and I'm not sticking them at the top of the Big Ten again. They had a great year this year, you know, but uh, Ohio State still recruits at such a high level. I think they've probably got to have some defensive improvement, but I'm with you. I think Alabama, with Bryce Young coming back, with Will Anderson coming back on the defensive side, you start off with those two core pieces. Even though you need a lot more than that, Alabama recruits at such a high level, and they're going to have talent receivers and all of that I'm with you I think they are the odds on favorite we've already seen it from Vegas but to me in my mind I think that Alabama sets up next year as number one starting off the regular season and then we'll go from there and let the games begin let the picks be laid down because prizes are on the line here on the best college football pick and pod in the land yes indeed and Alan, one of the biggest, coolest things that we have coming up next on the podcast, we thought we'd go ahead and let people know here, we're going to kind of preview it because it's not active quite yet. If you're listening to this within a day or two of recording, again, this is on Friday here in mid-January, but uh, as we move forward, one of the big things that Alan and I have discussed very briefly, but we've uh, talked about development and growth of the podcast and trying to get to bigger and better things in the future. That means more contestants in the contest. That means bigger prizes. One of the things we have implemented or are going to be implementing very soon is a Patreon. That's a way that you as a listener, as a contestant of our contest, can get involved and support the show if you want to see that growth. Because what Alan and I have an idea of doing is taking this podcast to more and more people around the country. That means we want more people in the contest. That means we want bigger and more prizes available for more people at the top of our groups. And Alan, a Patreon is a way that people can get involved financially if they like what we're doing, they want to support us, anywhere from very low amounts of money monthly up to very high amounts of money monthly, but it's just a way for people to get involved. And at the same time, we're going to kick back some rewards or some benefits for those people who donate to the show, you know, to be able to see that we are giving something back. And at the same time, we're going to use whatever money comes in on the Patreon to drive back into the show to develop it, whether that's contributing to prizes, whether that's doing investment to get more people in the contest, whether that's increasing the quality of the podcast, any of those things are going to be supported by that Patreon account. That's exactly right. So it's important to know this isn't going to line our pockets. This isn't our payday. This is an opportunity for making the blackout bigger and better 
and more rewarding if you get the win. I think that's the most exciting thing about it is we want to make those prizes even better. We want to make this podcast the best that it can be for as many people as we can have it. And so uh, I'm looking forward to this and seeing what happens over the next few years. It is going to be a blast to see what goes down, but this will be something that we're going to feed out on social media and that kind of thing. If you have been involved in our contest, you're going to see it in our email newsletters. It's going to be pitched there. We're going to give a short description of what it is and how you can get involved. There's no pressure attached to it either. If you don't have the funds or if you don't want to contribute, that is totally up to you. But if you like the podcast and you want to see it go further and you want to have an investment in what we are doing and you want to see the growth in those prizes over time, and have a better opportunity to win them, you get the chance to look at those levels, those giving levels, and see what kind of benefits you get and what kind of benefits it'll give to the show down the road as well. Alan, it's exciting, and it's something that I think can really benefit us as we move forward in this thing. And I think it's something that can really be a key in the development of this show and the growth of it over time. That's exactly right. And it benefits you, the listener, right? You want to win bigger prizes. You want to win better prizes then this is a way that you can contribute to that as well as receive something in return. So we're really excited about this opportunity and looking forward to the growth in the blackout. You're exactly right about bigger prizes, man. I mean, we've mentioned it several times, but here on this bowl pick'em, we had over $500 in prizes that were handed out to our top five finishers. And over time, what if that reaches a thousand bucks? What if it's bigger than that? You know, that's the aim that we have. We want this thing to get big and we want those of you who are finishing up at the top of our pick'em board to be really rewarded for it. So it's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun to see where it goes. But Alan, this is a way that uh, we see another step in the process, the growth, the evolution of this podcast. I think something that can really set us up well for the future and is uh, just an exciting way to get a little bit more involved with our listeners. You know, what can be contributors to the show? Agreed, man. It's exciting. All right. As always, another thing that you can do to help us out, even before the Patreon launches, even before you make your decisions on whether you want to get involved or not, is you can just follow us on social media. You can follow The Blackout on Facebook and Twitter at The Blackout Pod. You can follow Alan on Twitter at AD on The Blackout. And you can follow myself at TB on The Blackout. Alan, we're wrapping up the 2021-22 season. We are headed into the offseason where we've got to discuss at some point, are we going to put in some episodes during the offseason for some previews. We've done some of that in the past. I bet we'll do some of it this year, but we are working our way toward that next contest starting off the 2022 season. Can't wait for it. We've got some big week one games going down. I've already been checking those out and kind of gauging my ideas for how those games might play out, but a lot of stuff going down in the transfer portal. Man, it is going to be a wild offseason, and we can't wait to get back at it here on the best college football pick and pod in the land. That's exactly right. It's now portal season. And then spring practice will be right around the corner. Alan, it has been such a blast to have you along for the ride and working with you each and every week on the show. And as we tune it up for another season ahead of us, I can't wait to get back here for some more pick and pods, picks being laid out for people, and uh, to develop this thing as we move forward into another college football season. Absolutely, bro. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>